Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. Air One is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. This is Closer Look. Our topic this evening is Willpower Christian Cyclist. My special guest is Dr. Judy Bowman. She's missionary to the USA and founder of Willpower Christian Cyclists. And I'm your host, Frank Hammond. Dr. Bowman, welcome to Closer Look. Well, thank you so much, Frank. It's great to be with you. Judy, we're glad to have you. What does Willpower stand for? Willpower is a, a Christian evangelistic outreach, and the W stands for witnessing, and H is helping, evangelizing, encouraging, and loving as we pedal our way to eternal reward. So we're on bicycles spreading the gospel right here in the United States for almost 30 years. Willpower Christian Cyclists. How did you decide to become a Christian cyclist and begin a number of trips across the United States? You know, things, God has a way of having things change in our lives. And I have been a single mom since my son was three. And fast forward many years, and I'm high school teacher, coach, all that. I, I get a position at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. My son and I move across the country from California to Lynchburg. And I'd always been into cycling since I was a young kid. My dad against my mother's wishes, bought me my first bike when I was, I think, just turned six years old. I've always been a bicyclist, but it wasn't until, you know, I guess getting in my 30s, wanting to stay in shape. I actually played college basketball, played tennis, swimmer, but cycling is kind of a lifetime sport and something you can do by yourself. And so anyway, after uh, moving to Lynchburg and great job at Liberty, assistant dean, all kinds of things, I got laid off. Steve was a senior in high school and for about a year after he had graduated from high school, he got to get a scholarship to play basketball at Liberty. And I don't know, my prayer was, Lord, you know, I'm not going to ask you why this happened. I think when we trust God, we know there's a purpose in everything. And so I said, you know, Lord, what is it you want me to do that it's not happening here at Liberty? And uh, when I was 15, my folks moved us from Portland, Maine, where I was born and raised, all the way to Los Angeles in 1965. And on that trip, I told my brothers and sisters someday I was going to bicycle across the country, and I don't think that thought ever kind of escaped my mind in the back of my mind. And anyway, about a year or so after I was laid off, I sat down with my son. I said, you know, we bought this house for us. You know, you're kind of on your own now. You're, and I said, there's no sense in me keeping this house. I said, I want to be free to go wherever God leads me. And I said, I want to go and do this bicycle trip across America. I actually got hired by an organization to do marketing for them. And my first trip across America opened my heart, my life. I don't know, just everything changed, Frank, from just riding my bike for fitness to using that bike as a witnessing tool. And it's, it's just been amazing. Uh, the bike, you're wide open. You know, you're not locked in a car door. And people would talk to you. And I was with a whole big, huge team of people from all over the country. And I said, God, I, I know I'm supposed to share my faith, but I just don't know how. I think that's the case for most of us. But anyway, on that trip, I just prayed. I said, Lord, if you'll speak through me, I, I will be faithful to your command to go and make disciples of all nations, to know that you've called us clearly to, to be your disciples. And that's kind of how it started. And so I took my first trip with the secular group, and, and then God gave me the vision on that trip. What if I took a whole group of Christians, and we went across the country, and I taught people how to share their faith, believers how to start conversations with strangers. And so anyway, that's, that's kind of how it started, and it's been my purpose as well as my passion to tell everybody I can about the Lord. And it's not just on a bicycle. I mean, I witness in Walmart and the grocery store and everywhere I go. 
You are based in Lynchburg and you're passionate about your faith and sharing, but you've, you asked the Lord for help. He gave it to you and you've stepped out in faith to do that. And so after that first trip where you were sponsored to go across the United States, the second trip, you're going on your own and you're beginning to make connections or you decide that you're going to spend the night, let's say in churches. How do you set up the route and where you're going and like, where do you start and how many people went with you? Do you remember offhand uh, on that second trip then? Oh, sure. Well, actually, the the idea for churches came to me years ago uh, before I even started the ministry because I did some bicycling on the West Coast, and, and every night we'd set up a tent. And sometimes it'd rain, sometimes it'd be 95 degrees. I'm like, oh, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, pedaling along the roadside, I'd see all these churches. And I thought, oh, these churches, a lot of them aren't used during the weekdays or whatever. And I was trying to keep the cost down as well. And so I uh, came up with the idea, God gave it to me, obviously, to use the church, the Sunday school rooms and churches as our bedrooms. So I've slept in more than 400 churches in the last, you know, 30 years or so, probably maybe more than that. But And so I planned the routes, just kind of kind of networked with friends, what were good roads to bicycle on. You know, early on, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have, you know, anything. So I, I've kind of connected through, you know, I graduated from California Baptist University. That's where I got saved back in 1978. And I came to know the Lord as my personal Savior. And so I started networking through, like, Baptist organizations, churches, sent out flyers across the country and uh, just kind of let people know a bicycle ministry was starting. And that's how we got our first crew of people. And I think the first trip we had 14 or 15 that, that came along with us. And I decided to start it from where I used to live in California and use my old home church as one of our, you know, like our home base. And that was up in Northern California in the San Francisco area. And so there was an airport people could fly in, they'd box their bikes and have it shipped to the church. And uh, San Francisco is a great place to share the gospel and get the team started. And then we'd cut all the way back to uh, Yorktown, Virginia. So you put your rear wheel in the Pacific Ocean and then you put your front wheel in the Atlantic Ocean to kind of symbolize that you've pedaled across the United States. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. And some people only ride sometimes a few days, sometimes a few weeks. Not everybody can do a two and a half to three month trip across America. We take Sundays off. We ride, you know, anywhere between 50 and 75 miles a day. So it's, uh, depends on the terrain, of course, and where the next church is. But, uh, it's, it's been exciting. So, you know, just finished trip number 15 here a year or so ago, and we're supposed to be doing 16 this year, but the coronavirus pushed that off. So we're planning ahead now for 2021 of uh, starting out west again and and get a great route planned and just see how the Lord's going to open the doors. Where are you going to start from in, in 2021? We're going to go back to the San Francisco area. Got a lot of contacts there. I'm just being that witness for the Lord there on the road. Then we'll finish. Actually, we're going to finish in Hilton Head Island is the plan. We're going to kind of go from San Francisco and drop all the way, all the way down through California and come across and through Arizona and New Mexico. We will be going to Texas and then on up to Oklahoma, Arkansas, and then dip through Alabama and Mississippi and all that through Georgia and then to South Carolina. So a little, little different route on the eastern end, but the front side will be pretty close to what we've done before. 
but I have written a book, and, and part of what we do isn't just on the road. I, I teach, and I've written a book called Until the Road Ends. It's uh, really it's kind of a Bible study guide on how to start conversations with strangers, and the subtitle is How to Talk to Anybody, Anytime, Anyplace about Jesus. And so I have a workshop called Cross Training, and so I love to do that, like either in Sunday school classes or Bible studies, and some churches have had you know, special Saturday kind of a seminar type thing or a couple nights a week or whatever works into their schedule and and I'll come and and teach and make it fun. I mean, I play the guitar, I write music, I juggle, I do all kinds of fun things and keep people involved and teach them how to look at folks not as strangers, which is tough in the days like we're going through right now, but to look at people with love and compassion and know that Jesus died for them as he did for you and me. You shared a story with me when I initially contacted you about meeting a lady, and I don't remember the circumstances, but you'd shared about she had grown up here in America and had never heard uh, about Jesus. You remember that story, and can you share that with us? Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. That's happened a few times. Most of the people that I've run into here in the country, you know, do know the name Jesus, uh, do believe in a God, whatever, you know, wherever their definition is of a God. But this particular lady was, was 80 years old. She was out walking her dog, and I was riding my bicycle and stopped to chat with her and, and mentioned about her dog, and conversation started. And just kind of, you know, just kind of generically, I usually ask people, well, you know, do you believe in God? And most people will answer, oh, there's got to be a God, or yeah, I think I do, or, you know, something like that. I told her a little bit of my story of what I do and all my writing and all that stuff. People love hearing. I've pedaled across America 15 times. It's kind of kind of amazing. I, I think it's amazing. I don't know. It's just kind of what I do, you know. We all have our calling in life. But this particular lady was just kind of intrigued with some of the things that I had been doing. And I told her, I said, I don't just ride because I enjoy riding. I said, I ride because it gives me the opportunity to meet people like you and to tell you how much Jesus loves you. I said, do you know what Jesus did? And I had a cross that I was wearing and I held the little cross off up and I said, do you know what Jesus did for you? And she says, no, I really don't. And she told me she'd never been to church. And I'm thinking, wow, 80 years old. She'd grown up on a farm in southern Michigan. She said, we always had to work. We worked seven days a week. And she says, probably once or twice, I guess I remember kind of going to a church thing or something at at Christmas time. But no recollection, not really even searching for anything spiritual in her lifetime. I think she widowed several children, a few grandchildren at this point in her life. And uh, But she wanted to know. And I shared the gospel with her. There was another lady that was had been walking with her who had a dog, and turned out she was a believer. And I got her involved since they knew each other to share her story of how she came to know the Lord. And so we're just on the side of the road, really. We're kind of like in a little sub-development. And uh, this woman finally, after quite a while, I would guess we were probably talked for close to 30, 40 minutes, she, uh, she finally says, you know, I, I think I need, to, I need to make this decision in my life. So anyway, I've been to her house. I've sat down with her, brought her a New Testament. We've gone through the Gospel of John together. And uh, she prayed to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior that afternoon. And then a couple of days later, I went over to visit with her. So that's pretty exciting. I have probably thousands of stories like that, how God has used us, me, myself personally on the team. But my teammates have had the many blessings. And I still hear from teammates all over the United States that uh, will tell me a story of talking to somebody in a grocery store or just, you know, there aren't coincidences. There's always, you know, God instances 
I stand in the longest line when I go to the grocery store or Walmart or wherever just to give me the opportunity to talk to somebody about the Lord in a few more minutes than I would have if I was rushing to kind of get through the store, get through the line. I can only imagine the experiences and the conversations you've had. Like you said, you do believe they're divine appointments. And if you wanted to be part of the 2021 team, Christian Cyclist, Wheelpower Christian Cyclist going across the country, are there any positions still open? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Haven't quite put the dates out there yet. I'm assuming we're going to be starting in March again, uh, just because I'm going to pretty much keep the same route. It took me about four months to plan that that trip. So, And those churches were so excited to, to see us coming through. Some of them, probably about 50, 60% of them were going to be repeat churches. So they always love seeing us come back. But yeah, there are positions available so they can email me. That's probably the best way. And then I'll email them back a application and we'll start a communication and uh, we'll go from there. They can find us on Facebook too. My Facebook page is Judy Wheels Bowman. And uh, Wheelpower Christian Cyclist has a Facebook page as well. Judy, I would imagine that those who join you may not have ridden across the United States before. So this may be their first ride. You've got to commit to, what, two and a half or three months? If they want to do the whole trip, it's, I think this trip is uh, 70, 75 days. But, you know, it's we don't ride. We're not a racing team. We're, we're not trying to look who can get there the fastest. I tell my team, the faster you ride, the less you'll witness. Because we meet people on the sides of the road mostly. We stop to fill up our water bottles or use restrooms or go to a little quaint town and have lunch. You know, so We meet people all the time. So we're not out there to see who's going to ride the fastest. We're out there to see who, who God has for us, like you say, those divine appointments. And so people can come and join us. And some people ride part of a day and help out in the support vehicle. But most people want to ride the whole day. Like I say we do usually ride six days a week. So, yeah, I gave them a training schedule, and but it's really about witnessing. It's not about the bike ride. It's just our tool. So you do have a support vehicle that goes along with you on the trips, though? Yes, we have had always had a support vehicle that carries luggage and stuff like that. But we have every trip. We do have a van. We have a trailer. We carry water and food and supplies and, you know, everybody's luggage. So, yeah, we've always taken care of that. Do you know offhand how many people have ridden with you now over the 15 different trips across the United States? Well, we've done the, as I said, the 15 trips. We've done actually 42 mission trips here in the United States. We have had a little over 500 people have been on our teams. Many come back, you know, year after year for if they've done the whole trip across America, maybe they do another week or two. So we have a lot of people that will come back and and repeat and ride a week with us or ride across their own state. I've been in all 50 states on my bicycle too, which is kind of cool and seeing, you know, seeing everything. I try to route our trips too. You had asked me that earlier. I think I tried to route our trips through, you know, national parks. So we have been to Yellowstone. We've been to Mount Rushmore. We've stood there and sung the Star Spangled Banner in front of the, the four men. We've been to Grand Canyon. We've been to the Tetons. We've been to the Badlands up in South Dakota. We've we've been to a lot of different places. We've pedaled through the Ozarks of Missouri. We've yeah, we've just done a lot of things, a lot of places. Just because we you tend to meet people in those locations, and when people are on vacation, a lot of times they're more relaxed and they're more open to talking. They're not in a hurry, like in the day-to-day rush of life. And so I've routed us through a lot of those places. We spend a whole day in San Francisco, and there's a neat story on our website of, a, of the Bushman from San Francisco who came to know the Lord. I 
went over and talked with him and said, I know you're shaking bushes because you want to make some money. I said, but why are you really doing this? He says, well, do you ever look at people? I said, oh, yeah, I look at people all the time. He said, people don't look happy. He says, I'm trying to bring a little joy into people's lives. And he would... He was in a dark green jacket and a dark hat, and he was a dark-skinned man, and he was hiding behind two big bushes, and, and he'd sit there on a crate, and when people would walk by, he'd shake the crates, and women sometimes would jump or scream, and people would laugh, and, you know, his little cup was overflowing with people throwing in a dollar or two or change or whatever. So when I went over and he told me he was trying to bring joy into people's lives, as he looked up, there were 20 or 25 of us in our neon yellow jerseys. We wear the bright clothes. We have helmets, of course. We get flags on our bicycles. And, you know, we definitely look like a team. I believe in the uniform concept. And so he said, so what are you all doing? And I said, the Lord gave me this to say to him. I looked back at him and I said, you know what? We're trying to bring joy into people's lives too, not just for today, but for all eternity. I said, tell me, do you believe in God? Well, it was a beautiful spring day. He looked up. He says, yes, I believe in God. I held up my cross I was wearing. I said, do you know what Jesus did for you? He says, no, I really don't. And uh, he looked at me and he kind of smiled and a little smirk. And he's still kind of holding his bushes and stuff. And he says, but I bet you're going to tell me. I said, well, I'd like to if you'll let me. And he said, well, go ahead. So I shared the gospel with this man. He's probably in his 50s. And he listened to the message and he just asked some questions. We talked about sin. We talked about forgiveness. We talked. He said, well, I try to be a good person. I'm trying, you know, and that's what so many people think. Maybe if I'm good enough, you know. I said, what happens when you die? Do you know what will happen when you die? He said, well, when I die, I hope that the good things that I've done will get me to a better place. And uh, I said, well, you know, we all kind of hope that, but, you know, it's not going to happen that way. The Bible tells us that, that, you know, it's not by our good works that we get to heaven, but by our faith and our belief in Jesus Christ. And so I went through a few more verses with them, told them a few more things, told them a little of my story. I was 24, 25 years old, searching for the real meaning and purpose of life and decided to read the Bible for myself. And I was a beaten, abused wife and left with a three-year-old son. And, you know, I was like, where was God when all that was happening? I thought I was a good person and didn't deserve to be treated that way. And I'm sharing some of my story with him. And it's interesting to watch people. You know, he he never took his eyes off of me. He forgot about shaking his bushes. He forgot about really probably where he was. And that was not, if that wasn't the most amazing divine appointment I've ever had in my life. And he finally put the bushes down. He looked at me and he said, Judy, I want what you have. I see something in you. I've always wanted to know what the, you know, what the truth is or something like that. And I reached out and took his hand and I said, just ask God to forgive you of the things that you've done. And then I, you know, I said a prayer. I said, you can repeat it after me, whatever we kind of went through. And, and then he looked at me and he said, boy... I wish I could give you something. I said, I'm fine. I am very blessed. But he reached over and he took his little sign that he'd written every morning. He made a, however long, long he had to make a sign, but just a little eight and a half by 11 piece of cardboard. And it just said, the Bushman, you know, ha, 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 ha. It said 22 years in San Francisco. And I looked at that sign and the thing that jumped out at me was 22 years of shaking bushes. Man, what a career, right? And so I said to him, have you really been here for 22 years? He says, yeah, I have. And he said, I said, have you ever heard, have you ever heard the truth before? Have you ever heard the message of Jesus Christ? He said, no, there's been a couple, you know, a couple other people tried to share things, but he says, I always knew that one day I'd hear the truth and then I'd know how to respond. And he said, Judy, thank you for taking time to share the truth with me. I kept in touch with him for years. I think he has this 
deceased by now. I kept in touch with him for years, went back and saw him several times because we start our trips there in San Francisco. But what an amazing story to take time to go talk to this man. It was you know, just, he literally was sitting there on the sidewalk and we miss it so many times. And how many people could have had the blessing I had if we had just stopped and talked to somebody and just share the truth with them? Well, let me tell you the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, right? Well, my testimony, as I mentioned, can we pedal our way to heaven? My little track, you know, circled the world back in 1996 all the way up until probably about four or five years, American Track Society. It's the only kind of gospel message tying bicycling together. So I've gotten letters from literally around the world. Of course, now it's emails and all that kind of stuff. Well, I got a letter one day from a man who was in prison in Texas. And he wrote this letter, started off, Dear Sister Judy, I just learned of your ministry. Thank you so much for what you're doing for the kingdom. He said, my name is Larry. He said, you can tell from the return address, I'm in prison. He says, I've been here for 11 years. Ten years ago, I came to know the Lord through a prison ministry. Praise the Lord for all the different ministries that are out there. But he, so he told me a story. He said, I came to know the Lord 10 years ago. He said, for the last four or five years or whatever it's been, he said, I've been asking the, the wardens and people in charge, could I teach a Bible study to these men in this prison who will probably get out? He said, I, I'm here rightly so for what I've done. He never, he never told me what, why he was in. But he says, I imagine I will never get out. But God has shown me that I need to help those who may get out or for those who are here as I am to have hope. So he said they finally granted the opportunity for me to have a Bible study. And so they even gave us a room. And once they gave us the room, it was like the men could go in. All that was in there, Christian books and Bibles and even Christian prison guards and stuff would bring books in to fill up their library for them. And it became a great outreach at this prison. One of the things this guy Larry came up with was to put a big whiteboard, a big poster board or whatever on the wall. And every inmate that came to the Bible study were able to write the name of their loved one, whether it's a wife or children or co-workers or neighbors, whoever, that didn't know Jesus so that collectively they could pray for their salvation. And then they had another section where they would pray for, you know, the physical needs, sickness, things like that. But he said, we focused on the salvation of our immediate families and friends and stuff. He says, and and when we get the, the message that somebody came to know the Lord, we didn't erase their names. We would circle them and highlight them so we could see God's answered prayer. So he's telling me this in this long letter, Frank. And then he says, Judy... I'm writing this letter to you because I need to say thank you. You are the answer to my prayer. He said, I've been praying for my family for 10 years. And my brother David recently wrote to me and told me that you had met him on one of your bicycle trips and that you stopped, you shared Jesus with him, and he's been saved. And I just want to say thank you and thank the Lord for using you and your faithfulness. He says, you probably know my brother best as the Bushman. Isn't that amazing? So the man in San Francisco shaking bushes, the brother in Texas, and God using a little faithful servant from Lynchburg, Virginia, and only God could have orchestrated that. It's just an amazing, amazing story. 
Judy, I just want to say thank you again. We could probably continue on for a number of hours, but I just want to say thank you for sharing a part of the difference that you're making across America for your commitment to be faithful and share Jesus on a regular basis. Dr. Judy Bowman has been our guest here on Closer Look. Thank you again, Dr. Bowman. You're welcome, Frank. Thank you so much. It's been a blessing to get to know you. It's a blessing to get to know you as well. And if you'd like to find out more about Willpower Christian Cyclists, you can go to willpower.org. And if you'd like to find out more information about Closer Look, you can email us at closerlook at air1.com. That's closerlook at air1.com. For Closer Look, I'm Frank Hammond. This has been Air One Closer Look. Find us online at air1.com.